listening to Nexus Global APM on air, where we bring our listeners the connection between excellence and knowledge. I'm Larry Olson. I'll be your host for this session of APM on air. Today's guest is from Scotland, and he has a wealth of knowledge within the lean and continuous improvement arena. We'll be talking about continuous improvement and the various techniques. I'd like to welcome our guest, Campbell Scott. He is the founder and owner of I4 Business Improvements. Campbell is a continuous improvement specialist with change management experience and extensive lean background. He holds a CMRP and CRL certificate, respectively, and has certificates in Agile Project Management, as well as Agile Scrum Master. Thanks for joining us, Campbell. How about giving us a little background of yourself? Hi, Larry. Many thanks for, for having me on. It's probably best just to give you a brief, brief background, but we'll, we'll start from my present and uh, work back. So, as you mentioned, they just recently launched a company, I4 Business Improvements, uh, set up as a business process management consultancy with the, the goal of helping businesses help themselves through better understanding, management and execution of their continuous improvement efforts. This is all done using a unique blend of lean and agile based solutions. So I've seen this as a, a natural and logical next step in my career path, very much made possible uh, based on the experience exposure and importantly the learnings I've gained through supporting many different organizations with their operational excellence and continuous improvement aspirations over the years. And I guess all this was built on a solid foundation of maintenance management best practice from my initial military career which uh, I served on board nuclear submarines in the United Kingdom's Royal Navy. That's awesome, Campbell. And I, I know we go back a little bit, probably back uh, 2005, six, somewhere in that area, uh, when we first hooked up up in Aberdeen. And I, I think, you know, one of the things I said during some of the sessions that we had together and with a bunch of other people that were in the sessions if you take and hold on to all these things that you're going to be learning over the next six months to a year in this process that we were implementing for this organization in Aberdeen, it's going to prove and have some benefits long term. And I think it's just come, Campbell. I think uh, you creating this I4 business improvements organization, along with all the learnings and experience that you had over the, the past 10 or 15 years, it's just awesome. I, I love to see it. Uh, I think it's a great next step for you, and we want to be here to help support it. So let's get right into things and see what's going on in in Campbell Scott world and I4 business improvement. So why should organizations focus on continuous improvement if it's it's such an important topic to you? Why do we want them to focus there? Okay, excellent question, Larry. Uh, I guess in our line of work, uh, this is a question I'm sure we both get asked many times. Typically, is a good starting point when engaging with people on continuous improvement. I usually find it helpful to, to firstly define what continuous improvement actually means. So quite simply, we can define it as an ongoing effort by a business to help gain a competitive advantage by continuously improving our products, services, and processes. It should focus on an understanding of the customer requirement, the process workflows, and enable the removal of non-value adding activity with the ultimate aim of providing high quality cost-effective products or services that are clearly valued by the customer. 
it should also be understood that, that gaining real sustainable continuous improvement can only be achieved by creating a positive organizational environment, commonly referred to as a continuous improvement culture. This is where every individual fully understands the end-to-end processes in which they operate, the value of their contribution to those processes, and are actively encouraged and supported in identifying and influence improvement as part of their day-to-day activity. I think that's that's really key. So I guess going back to the question, Larry, if a, if a business were to gain a competitive advantage through their continuous improvement effort, then we can safely assume that they would benefit in some way. Uh, typically, this would be in the form of a reduction in operating costs, increased sales, and of course, revenue. Yeah, that's that's good. You mentioned a couple things in here that, you know, is it's not always easy. And, and the not always easy piece is sustainability. And, and the other not always easy is uh, understanding how to measure those operating costs and the improvements of the operating costs as well as uh, the sales. So I, I think there's some 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 deeply rooted things in here that we could probably explore in another call later on, especially that sustainability piece. But I'm, I'm sure you're going to cover some of that today as we continue to go through this. So yeah. So what significance do you place on how companies manage their continuous improvement efforts, uh, especially during these unsettling, crazy times of COVID-19? Okay. Well, absolutely. Yeah. It is a crazy time for, for, for everyone, I guess. Uh, even if we look at the, the definition where it says gaining a competitive advantage, the bottom line is, unfortunately, for many businesses worldwide, worldwide, failing to do this in the current environment potentially means or could mean going out of business. So I guess the pandemic has brought for so many business, businesses, it's dramatically changed their operating landscapes, uh, bringing an urgent need to rapidly align to, to their new customer requirements going back, revisiting and adjusting business models and strategies, huge focus on reducing operating costs. Then they're left with implementing new organizational structures, adopting the new work practices, processes, procedures, all to support this this new normal operation. This is obviously having an effect all in adding up to, to some major and serious change. So most certainly the, the larger organizations, they'll look to their continuous improvement and quality departments at this crucial time to help lead, drive, and support the organizational change required. And if they have this improvement culture set up, it will be invaluable in getting them through this change effectively. So I guess the the, the key message is, you know, it, it may a major play in investing in and aligning people's continuous improvement efforts today in these challenging times. Once again, going back to the, the, the gaining a competitive advantage I guess worryingly, certainly what we're we're seeing in a lot of UK companies just now, in, in various sectors, many key personnel and continuous improvement and quality roles are being let go. Uh, this is all to do with the, the immediate cost reduction efforts. So this means too, this potentially means that, you know, many companies are still not seeing the true value of what continuous improvement can bring. And, and some only see it as something they, they do in the good times. Yeah, some of the some of the things that we're seeing in the market as well is the cuts and and cutbacks as well as businesses going out of business is is disturbing. You know, it's it's actually a time to ramp it up, not cut it back. And it all comes back to that sustainability piece that you you mentioned earlier on. As you're moving through these continuous improvement 
activities, there should be some sustainability measures that are, are put in place. And if you're not achieving that or not seeing that, it's definitely not uh, seen at the right level of the organization as a value added element of the business. Therefore, it becomes the most vulnerable during cutbacks. So it's, it, it's a shame that it's happening, but the reality is, is that it is happening. And uh, I think now is a good time to talk about it. So when businesses do come back and we, we do start to understand how to improve or, you know, maybe in this case, it's not to improve. It's, it's how to become uh, a better operator during downtimes uh, that not going to affect the employment of people or programs or of, of such things that are currently in place. So yeah, w- what a shame that uh, it, it's moving in that direction. Anyway, what, what key principles do you believe organizations and continuous improvement models should be built on? So we, we believe uh, the model should enable and support the execution of, of regular small continual improvement efforts to take place, all contributing to the overall goals of the organization. To be able to achieve this, we believe an organization's continuous improvement model should be built on and guided by a set of six key principles. So we've narrowed these down to to being customer-focused, leadership support, encouragement and value of employee ideas, ideas, driving incremental change, ensuring the strategic goals are linked to performance management, and having fact-based measurement and monitoring in place. Yeah, those are extremely important. Uh, you know, I don't know that you can narrow it down to any one or two to talk about, but how about... How about take a crack at it? Expand a little bit more on one or two of the key principles and provide some guidance to organizations on how these can be applied to support a continuous improvement effort. Okay, Larry. I'll expand on the first principle. To me, customer focus. I guess putting my lean head on here, you know, that this to me is, is, is the most important, arguably the most important principle. Basically, without a complete understanding of of what the customer needs, it becomes extremely difficult to effectively improve the product, the service, or the process it process we're delivering. So every improvement initiative should be focused on improving both the current and the future needs of the customer. One key point worth mentioning here: when we define who the customer is, it's it's not just the obvious paying client. Most customers in our businesses will, in fact, be internal. The individuals, the teams, the departments working on the product or service and a process way before it reaches the end paying client. So how you know how would a business understand their customer requirements? I guess the, the first one's quite relatively simple. Just talk to them. You know, this could happen both internally and externally. Talk to them to determine their specific needs, their their pains, and what ultimately would delight them and make them happy within the process. We can also allow our teams to to conduct detailed value stream mapping of their own processes. This will help them understand and establish exactly who the customers are and what these customers need in the context of their, their process flow. We can also take it back to upfront in the process where we do the value proposition techniques to help better understand their customer needs. And in these cases, that should involve the customers coming in as well. I guess picking another one then would be the value and encourage employee ideas. Successful continuous improvement does not come from, from our senior management or from external consultants. It comes from the people who know the process best. They are the experts. These are the guys who live and breathe it daily and they deal with everything it takes to, to get the job done. 
So effective CI models should ensure ensure people are actively engaged, valued, and importantly, given the time and space for improvement. We can do this by making it easy for any employee to propose improvement suggestions and ideas, allow people time to participate in improvement initiatives, and ensure they're involved in the actual implementation of the improvement solutions. Yeah, that's good. And, and, you know, looking back at trying to pick two of them, I know it's a a hard decision on which one or or which two or which three to pick because they all have significance somewhere in the organization and and in the continuous improvement cycle. And and there's times that, you know, you, you have to use combinations of things as opposed to sequencing of things. And it's just a, it's not a, I'll just say it's not a cookie cutter fit for every organization. Every organization more or less has to go through some kind of a understanding of how continuous improvement fits into their organization. And I'm sure you, you've experienced some of that in the past. So with that, if an organization was embarking on a continuous improvement journey, uh, or indeed wanting to build on and improve an existing model, what framework or methodology or tool sets uh, should they use to support this? Okay, excellent question, Larry. I guess first is extremely important that the continuous improvement model is not just seen as a specific tool set or methodology. Uh, we do see that quite often where, where a company or an organization have invested in a, a particular tool. Instead, the model should support a mindset, a culture, and an approach that engages the workforce and being able to, to better understand their customers, as we've said, their processes, and enable them to drive their improvement efforts towards sustainable changes for the better. Also, the model needs to be flexible. It needs to be flexible enough to ensure we use the most appropriate method, tool, and technique based on the specific need. Uh, That could be the size, the complexity of the opportunity or the problem faced. And importantly as well, it doesn't have to be just one. As long as it's clear within the organization when to use what approach, that's fine. And and many organizations have successfully used a combination of, of different methodologies, different tool sets within their overall improvement framework. Some also go a step further. They create their own hybrid models, tweak it to suit their specific operational CI needs. There's no right or wrong, so it's, it's fine. It really, as we said, it comes down to what will add the most value. What key elements are required to ensure the chosen continuous improvement model can be implemented, sustained, and be able to continually add value to the organization? So I guess it all comes down to robust change management, absolutely key. Uh, we can all or you can also argue the case that continuous improvement is change management. Ultimately, we we do change typically to improve our business in, in some form or another. So for any rollout of a new or improved CI model, or equally for rolling out solutions coming out of an improvement initiative, good change management is essential in ensuring that we fully implement and importantly sustain the solutions. So a typical or a common model used for managing change, Noster model, that looks at five key elements from vision, skills, incentives, resources, and an action plan. If those leading the change fail to put any of these elements in place, then the change effort will be negatively affected and in almost all cases will fail to deliver the intended benefit. 
So as we continue to go through the continuous improvement element and, you know, change management, you know, different organizations will, will call it variations of different things. At the end of the day, I know you've been involved in many of the improvement programs that have been going on, uh, not only working with some key organizations there in the UK, but, but globally as well. So as you're involved in these organizations, which one of these key elements um, that you've described do you think is commonly see or, or, or is the biggest challenge uh, as you continue to look through uh, how to embed this, how to sustain it, and, and how to actually communicate to the organization that these will be the challenges and what actions do you take? So what are these challenges? Okay, so I guess if we go back to the, the model we just talked about with the, the five key elements there, there's three or all root causes for, for ineffective change management can easily be linked back to one of the following three areas. The key one is, is in relation to the vision, where we have a gap between the strategic vision and the improvement initiative. When we change, the reason for the change must always be clear, should be simple and compelling to allow all to, to be able to communicate it. And, and people, any level of the organization, they always need to know why. You know, why are we changing? So, so we do see a lot of, of gaps in that area. Next one would be around motivation. So this is where the natural built-in resistance to change. It's all about dealing with the behaviors, the culture, being able to understand that, that this is expected. It's, it's entirely natural. And, and any change will surface resistance. This, the key is being able to anticipate this so we can, we can manage it better. And there must be incentives. If we're asking people to change, to come out of their comfort zones, there's got to be incentives to, to create that motivation to change. And then lastly, around the action plan. Quite often we underestimate the full impact of the change. So if we, we underestimate, we don't understand how that will affect every stakeholder. So the who, the what, the, the when and the why. We're unable to then plan to support the individuals and, and help them to actually adopt to change. So I guess that's the, most most issues we, we do face, Larry, will, will generally fall into one of these three three areas. That's relatively common. Right, right. And, and some of the things that we talk about here are about people, process, and systems. And I think you've gotten the, the people and the process side of this covered really well. And, you know, there are systems out there that can help organizations manage things and, and move these in the right direction. But, but really it's, it's about, it really is about this vision and motivation. And this is the vision and motivation is about people and processes to me. And it's, it's very critical that everybody understands that it, it takes people to manage things and people make change. And really this is, this is about people. So how, how do you feel about the people and process side of it is, do you believe that th these are the key elements? Absolutely, Larry. Yeah, we we see all too often that, unfortunately, sometimes the people do get forgotten when a when a a super shiny new system or or new process gets thrown out to the business. And you know, this is the balancing act between it might be 
the best process, the best system in the world. But if we don't have the, the people's buy-in to, to accept that, to use that, it, it becomes you know less powerful and, and clearly it's not going to have the impact that the, the business expected from investing in. Yeah, yeah. So some things will get left behind and, and we don't really need that in a continuous improvement environment. So anyway, Campbell, I think we're about to the end of our time. I appreciate the opportunity to to talk with you a bit here about continuous improvement and some some aspects of the lean journey. I look forward to possibly joining up again, having another conversation, drilling down a little deeper into something or pieces of this. So I'd like to thank you for joining us and we appreciate your insights and wisdom wisdom and sharing here on APM on air. Uh, if any of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, how would they go about that? Once again, a big thank you for me, Larry, once again, for the opportunity to come on and, and yeah, definitely take you up in your offer uh, to go deeper in, in some of the areas at some point. So yeah, easiest way, just visit my, my website, i4businessimprovements.com. All con- contact details are on there. So please get in touch. Thank you. All right. Awesome, Campbell. Appreciate it. Appreciate it a lot. I, I know you're a busy guy and don't want to take up any more of your time today. So if anybody wishes to obtain more information about Nexus Global or our solutions, you can visit us at our website, nexusglobal.com, or send an inquiry to info at nexusglobal.com. We encourage you to follow us as thought leaders on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And I really thank you for joining APM on air and wish everyone a productive and safe day. 